Bold City Longsword presents the Swords and Stereo Podcast. Welcome to Swords and Stereo. I'm Matthew Stinson. I'm Johan Lopez. We have guests today. Everyone introduce yourself, starting with you and coming this way. Uh, I'm Chandler Maples. Uh, I'm a student at the University of West Florida Fencing Club, a uh, recent graduate. I uh, am a graduate of the University of West Florida. University of West Florida Fencing Club and a proud alum, former club officer. Awesome. I'm now going to pull <laughs> You guys dropped the ball. You guys yeah, were like running I, shit. Yeah, I was like, hmm, how many offices should I say? It's been I've so had? long and I did so little as vice president that it kind of... Like, it's that's, out of my mind now. That's what vice president being, is. Yeah. What, you don't have to do what I Like, being president is just like, I have to make sure everyone's doing their shit. And if they're not doing it, I have to do it. Vice president is only dash. if the president drops the ball or isn't there. Yeah. And then you only have to keep the wheels spinning until they come Yeah. Back. Until, yeah. <laughs> it's weird. It's like I'm vice president of my club and there is no president. That's a good spot to be. Yeah. Yeah. Must hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. So I, I guess what uh, we'll start with is just y'all describing your relationship with the college and what that means having a HEMA club with the college. Because the, the podcast is for new people and that might be an option they want to explore. So just kind of give them the pros and the cons and try not to sugarcoat it. If it if you can, do we go in order of seniority or? Yeah, Brad. I just don't talk over each other, and we're we're fine. I guess we can do this chronologically. Um, Back in 2004, um, a nice gentleman who was a SCA fencer uh, wanted to start a fencing club at the university. Um, This guy also happened to be the local person who did fencing for the SCA chapter. I was unfortunately too young to start fencing through the SCA fencing program. Um, back when I moved to Pensacola, but lo and behold, when I, when I went to the university to start college, he was also there, so I got to uh, be a part of the very beginnings of the club, and it has gone undergone a lot of evolution in the past yeah, 15, if you, 16, I'm sorry, we're in 17 years now? Yeah, well, 21 minus 04, yeah, um, and that's something to take, take into consideration. If you are a part of a school, you can start a sport club. Oh, it, they they it, they'll give you money and stuff. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's tough to swing because you have to figure out what the rules are for your university. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough that it was already it already existed when I got there. Learning how to navigate, ensuring that your club gets funding and, and extra duties that officers of certain sport clubs might have outside of their own sport club to continue to ensure that you get funding um, can can really make the difference. To People need to be alumni or current students to join? Initially, that was the case. You had to be student faculty or staff to participate with the club. Part of that was when the new gym opened, that was their their policy. Um, And luckily, the current iteration of the club, uh, we can allow pretty much anybody, as long as they contact us and request to be put on the guest list, they have access to the gym only during club hours. Um, but that does open up a lot of windows, a lot of doors, literally, for people to come in and, and fence with us that would otherwise wouldn't have much anywhere else to go. And it's also really nice because we have an, an indoor space, guaranteed. It, it's air-conditioned, which in Florida is a necessity, not a luxury. Yeah. 
we have owner gear that if it were just a person doing it, it would take either years to acquire or tons of money. It did, and it did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, in uh, the, the case, you know, Brad and I have, we have loaner gear, but a lot of it's like stuff that we've used, so it's our size. And so if you're not Brad and Randy shaped, we don't have gear for you. Um, the club doesn't have that problem. We we order gear, and we order a variety of sizes. Yeah. Um, and again, the university gives us funding so that we can do that, and it makes a difference. It does. Our, our, um, Hema, our, our, our university has a HEMA club, and, and they're – most universities don't like pretty cool uh point of order we attracted a grad student to our university and that was the most fucking cool thing that ever happened when he showed up and he was like yeah i was picking grad schools and and this university had a hema club so i had to go here dude that's amazing yeah yeah Yeah. that's fucking awesome yeah what sport club is doing that yeah yeah none of them not handball that's like (laughs) hell no it's like the yeah. one guy that came to visit our club because of our podcast. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that's that, really I was like, cool. are, are, is this a joke? Did someone pay you? What is going on? Did uh, So did you have to submit your curriculum to the college and then okay it? Uh, so the only thing they asked for is a volunteer agreement and um, so a piece of paperwork. Basically, for your, for your instructor, to be instructor of the club. Oh, God, it's been so long since I did that. Um, it was just one one thing of paperwork for you, Bas- yeah. basically um, saying that I understand I'm a volunteer, I'm not in a paid position. The upside is I get access to the gym, so my alumni, Nautilus card for the university, I can swipe it, I can use the gym. I, I think it's a, it was a pretty good trade also to you know, keep that club going that I helped start. So Everybody signs a waiver, um, <laughs> and I sign something that says I, I exist and I'm a real person who teaches at the university for staff stuff, but... For curriculum, like when I told them, hey, I went to um, this university program out in California and I'm a, a certified fencing instructor. And they're like, oh, cool, bonus. Like they didn't, I mean, they, they thought it was cool, but they didn't really want, they didn't care. They, I mean, they thought it was as far as they didn't ask for me to have that before I started. Fencing is one of those things where, especially HEMA, most universities are going to go, What's that like? Mm-hmm. And it's not codified. It's not unified. Like there are so many different entities that do it, and they all have different ways they recognize instructors. So yeah, so they just want to know that you know I'm not some weirdo, you know, that's going to be a problem to the university and, and be weird towards you know, students and stuff. So that's why I love the uh, that five minute New York Times video because I don't have to go through a spiel anymore. I just send them the link that video. It's not even five minutes. They do a pretty good job of just letting normies know what's up. I haven't seen that. Yeah. Uh, so the yeah, it's like it's like in 2015, New York Times did a little five minute video about they went to uh, they went to Long Point and mm. just made a little splash video. I saw the written article about that. I didn't know there's a video too. Yeah, it's a, the links on YouTube and like it literally breaks it down. It's like they're fencing. You score points like normal fencing, but they read from books. Ta-da! And, 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 <laughs> and they do cool swords, like long sword and yeah, beer. And yeah. Sometimes not. we wear crazy clothes. Yeah. No, they don't. They don't go into that. Oh, they don't go that part. Okay. They mm-hmm. you wear. They wear modern fencing gear. I believe he goes out of his way to say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this isn't those weirdos you saw at the yeah, Ren Fair. This exactly. is a real sport. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so what? Uh, I, I talked about curriculum. What do you actually teach it? Primarily rapier. 
So I also want to point out that the the UWF fencing club, it's not for credit. It's not even a group fitness class. It's a club sport, which is probably part of why they didn't ask, like, oh, we need to see a curriculum up front. That being said, yes, we do primarily rapier. Please take it away. We start everyone with rapier. We kind of treat rapier like a lot of classical and modern schools treat foil, because that's what I have the greatest understanding of. And then from there, once you demonstrate that you're safe and have a, a good grasp of the basics of fencing, then we kind of let you explore other ways. Yeah, I would say rapier in, in the way that we, not even in the way that we teach it. It's just in those first few basic actions, it gives you a pretty good indicator of, you know, is this person safe enough to freeze bar? Mm-hmm. Like, we'll do it, anything. It, it's a very low risk way of telling if someone's a safe person right. to freeze bar. Like, does this person need more time doing drills before we let them loose or not? It's really comforting having people so, like Brad and Randy, so skilled in rapier that we can, like, turn people to and then like senior students and alumni not worry too much before like okay this person is we know this person is probably good to fight like when we come across them so uh you two not being instructors how how'd that feel coming into the college setting and doing your HEMA there opposed to when you visit other clubs and see how they run it is it do you see a big difference or does it feel the same to you before you before you ask them I want to let you know that they saw a great jump in our sort of approach to teaching. Like they saw me go through like being an instructor, going to the Sonoma program and, and working with uh, maestros like, like David and Dory and Puck and being able to really solidify um, a good training regimen. And so they, they can, they, I mean, they saw almost immediately from like the year they started to now, like they saw that evolution happen. Yeah. So from <clears throat> Brad came back to the club in 2015. Um, and when, when Brad arrived back at the club is when I consider myself as like really starting fencing. And then immediately after Brad came back from the first RASP, the way we taught changed radically and it, it's so much better. And it, it's just cool. <laughs> it's I would say it's way more efficient, way more structured. Um, yeah, it's a great rest commercial. Thank you. It, yeah. it is. Yeah, I, I was lucky because I came in uh, early 2018, so the club was pretty much had its it, it had its culture solidified. Uh, our our curriculum was solid, so I I came in like seeing everything happening and uh i was able to just jump right in and get right on track and uh, progress through rapier alongside everyone else so i would love to take y'all back in time to like our our, our club's early days at the park when we're literally like I don't know, hit him in the head. Like, we're just staring at the book. And, like, we yeah. had no idea what we're Yeah, like. even, even just coming into HEMA when I did, I feel so lucky. Because I, yeah. I, I read about the about how it used to be and, and how in HEMA early days. And uh, it's like, I, I feel empathy, but it's also like, thank God I, <laughs> yeah. I came yeah. into this when I did. Like, no matter what I'm studying, there's, there are secondary sources yeah. where I don't have to f- interpret this, like, from, from scratch. There's <laughs> 20, 30 videos on YouTube that you can, on almost every technique now, that you can just watch and compare and be like, and then 
and then distill them down into what you want to do. Yeah, like, pick the most obscure, like, rapier text, and there's some dude in the SCA somewhere who has some blog posts about him working through it, and that's at least, like, a starting point where I don't have to, I don't have to be on my own reading this text, so. podcast. Yeah. So the, uh, Brad, you did the Sonoma program. What, how'd you find out about it? And then what drew you to that opposed to going to get your certification through some other program? So Randy and I met David and Dory back in, what, 2012? Sounds about right. Because the first Surfo was 2013. Actually, it might have been a little bit earlier than that. I remember they... Uh, they moved here. I was still in grad school. Let's say 2011. Yeah, 2011, 2012, some, sometime around then. And uh, actually, it was at an SCA event that we met them, and we got to connect with them a little bit. And um, over over time, like you know, just David brought out, "Hey, here's some foils. Do you want to take an Italian foil lesson?" And I'm like, "Well, it's not rapier, but you know what? I'll give it a shot. I like, I like swords. I'll do it." And so we, we did a little lesson of the woods in the middle of nowhere and it was really fun and so he's a guy you know i'm not just uh, a white scarf which i don't know how many of you guys are with sca stuff keith uh, keith's a white scarf so we've talked yeah, about yeah, it yeah, 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 yeah. 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 um he's like i'm not just a white scarf i'm also a actual fencing master like he told me about the san jose program the Sonoma program um and so he's like yeah if you ever want to try it like Try to get out there. Let me know. Um, fast forward to uh, 2019. Uh, my stu- my wife, my students, like ambushed me and said, "Hey, um, David and Dor really want you to go." And between them and us, we made it happen. And they just like, "Guess what? You're going to California." Um, yeah, we they, had they a, little, did a little fundraiser, little crowdfunding, um, yeah. and they're like, "You're doing this," and it just blew me away. So, how much time? Did you take to prepare? Um, uh, well, I guess we should talk about what exactly it is. Okay, that so you're, that you're preparing, what you're what you're about to tell us you're preparing for. So my, my actual certificate is uh, fencing instructor at arms foil with a specialization in Italian rapier. Um, that's through the Sonoma State Fencing Master Certification Program. Um, which is primarily focused on the Italian classical tradition foil F.A. Saber, but they also are, as you can tell from from this weekend, they're really steeped into history as well. Um, so, getting getting ready to do the the, the instructor exam, um, I spent a lot of time working with David and Dory. Um, I actually went up there for three or four days. And basically had like a, a mini uh, rasp, like but it was all. I mean, it's not rapier; it was mostly just foil and fenced, you know, for a good three or four compasses. Uh, the intensive program, which is the actual in-person part, where it's and you get a written test on that, and you have to make such a you know. Oh, I can't remember the actual grade you have to make before you can actually test. Um, so there's the written test, which you have to do before you go to California. I mean, you can go to Maestri, sit across from you, and you have to stand in 
front of them while they're behind a table, your arms behind your back, and they just ask you questions until they're satisfied. Um, so it was fun. It was fun. It sounds fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, it's, it's I don't understand how that's was. a party. <laughs> uh, it was. It really was fun. And um, uh, like Maestro Puck said uh, earlier this weekend, like it changes. You have to uh, give a lesson. So you have a prepared lesson that you write and then give to a, a student. Um, and then they basically give the lesson back to you. And what they're looking for is um, your skills as an instructor um, and then your actual um, practical knowledge of, of the weapon. Make sure that it's, but you also have to be able to perform a correct launch and make sure that you're doing you know, good things and correct. Give a, less, uh, a group lesson, um, and that's a lot of fun because um, there's some other standards they look for that's a little bit different than giving a one-on-one -on -one lesson. And then they do a fun thing called random actions, where um, this evening we were doing some in the back room where the maestro will, how do you want to, how should I step that up to make it the most efficient? And, and it's like a, a nice little logic puzzle because you have their distance and timing and doing the correct technique in the first place. And then they might go, okay, well, now that you've done A and B, now add C to that. And so they could add things where like, all right, now we're going to do one, two, and three. And so they might give you a different scenario that you have to attempt. It's kind of... Out. It's kind of like I would like it to have somewhere in it strawberries and cream cheese. And I'm not going to give you the recipe, but you need to have those things. That does sound like a party. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. So uh, for y'all, how did the club change before he left, uh, after he came back? Like, so how was it before and then how was it came back? Was it subtle differences or was it a big um, change all at once? We still had, uh, so before Rasp, before Brad first rasp and came back, was that rasp one that you went to, or was rasp one or two? He okay. went to rasp one, rasp two, and then to Sonoma. Okay, and then we went then to we rasp, rasp three, three and then yeah. okay, now we're um, So we still had we still had uh, warm ups. We still had um, a, a structured lesson time where we had senior students uh, helping instruct newer students. No, was, everyone yeah. was complaining that they were too long, and I was like. Yeah, we're going to lose people if we oh, keep having an hour and a half floor time. We have one day for that. Also, oh, you, wow. you know how, so, <laughs> yeah. so whenever, um, whenever they're teaching you a lesson, you don't, you'll stand on guard, but then they'll tell you to, to relax and relax does not relax. Your quads are burning. And I'm like, Hey, tell them, yeah. tell them to go back to first position. Cause yeah. you'll want to explain the technique in full. And they're all like quivering. We're all, we're all <laughs> sitting here on Part guard. It's like, I, I want you to be. Yeah, I want to suffer. condition you. No, 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 it sounds like he wanted us I, to suffer, Brad, based on... Pick that up. Yes, we oh, we did, we did, I mean, we well, still do them, but we did waterfalls a lot back yeah. in the day. But yeah, so we still had, we still had that. When I came back, we were, we were practicing almost the entire enough to be like, we were out of time, and then all the senior students were like, well, when, when do we get our turn? And I was like, ah. like, all right, yeah, I did the thing, but now I have to like, find balance so that everyone can get what they need out yeah i think after after first rasp uh we had we had new and exciting warm-up games that tortured us in fun in different ways sure. um and then i i think i think practicing or, or teaching people was more efficient uh even if you know brad made us take the whole you know it, it was like two and a half hours of you yeah, don't hold back man tell him what was wrong with <laughs> it, was, it was like two and a half hours of like Fencing instruction, and then the senior students were like, "All right, well, we got 30 minutes to jam as many fights in as we can. Uh, get the hell out of here, and you know, and do also, our homework." Also, we're Brad, all college students. Oh God, yeah. 
Also, we would like to fight. Like the the instructors who, who give the lesson, like yeah, we want to fence too. Yeah, it didn't our, seem like Brad wanted to fence. He only <laughs> wanted to teach. Uh, our rapier class is like that, where we spar at the end of every class. But our yeah. our longsword, like that group of people, don't seem too interested in tournaments. So we we only we have one, the techniques. We have stuff. a uh, we have like an hour and a half slot for sparring on Sunday. And if you want to do that for longsword, that's that's when you come. And there's no, it's just we're here, we're working on this. Uh, it's it's structured sparring. Yeah. Some of it is also just gear requirements. Like I mean, to get everybody geared and ready to go, about Long fifteen cord, minutes. Longsword's way more expensive, mm-hmm. right? But but also again, like it takes fifteen minutes for everybody to get geared up. I mean, some people take more or less. Um, and then so like you jam that into an hour and a half class, so you have you know, say an hour of material or sorry, a 30 minute warm up, 30 minutes of material. And if you have that half hour at the end, you know, 15 minutes to gear up, 15 minutes of sparring, you know, it it gets tight. Whereas rapier, you know, it takes people less than five minutes to gear up and you still get, you know, 30, 30 minutes or more of sparring. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but with longsword too, is it's like you have like, you have drilling, you have slow work. And those are like the only two things you can have minimal gear for. And slow work is like its own, like, kind of have to learn how to do that safely and efficiently and get something out of it. Be honest. Or, or you have sparring, and that's when you start needing hand protection, joint protection, yeah. decent, decent. We, we actually set up a board with percentages on it, and we slide the token to let people know where, how fast they should be sparring. And it's really done a lot because, like, if they're doing it too fast, you don't talk to them. You go, hey, where's, what's the board set at? Oh, it's there. Dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our, our, our gear drill has evolved a lot in like the past month, and it's, it's been That's great. Kind of genius, the slider. Yeah, thing. It's, yeah. It's nice. So, and then like it goes to a hundred percent, but like everything above eighty is in red, and we never put it up there because you should never, even at a tournament, you should never be going that hard. Yeah, like you're just asking to hurt yourself or someone else. Like your speedometer in your car. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, it goes to 120, but right. you should never ever be there. Uh, another thing I like about it, um, so like there's three levels, not including the the try hard one that we don't talk about. Um, you know, so you, you have your uh, shoot, you have your 30 to 40, you have your 50 to 60, you have your uh, 70 to 80, and then you have the tournament. And like I like that it switches from numbers to tournament because it implies that there's a place for that entire spectrum, you know, varying tempo, it's right? It's a shift in mindset. Right, entirely. right, yeah. right. Um, yeah. I like I like the thirty to forty because you really get to think. Uh, it, 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 the news, like when if I'm with a new student and I'm like, this is coming at your head. You have all the time in the world. Oh, 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 you, oh, you did something. Yay. And you know, like, that action better. It feels you. really good. Yeah. It feels, because you see them think about it, do the correct thing or not the correct thing, and then process all of it. It makes me happy. Anyway, we're not here to talk about us. <laughs> uh, so, um, y'all planned a tournament. Uh, Fensacola. How'd that go? It Cruises. did a tournament that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, COVID. Yeah. yeah. So, um, what went into planning it, and and uh, like, what were, was it going to be rapier only? Did we know we were we were basically kind of modeling ourselves off of Serpo because Serpo has been so successful in the southeast. It's crazy how big it's um, gotten, and it's gotten yeah. huge. Yeah. It, it, you know, you, it, the first one she and I went to, there were like about twenty five people there. 
they didn't bother putting the year on the t-shirt because they, they were, like, yeah. We, yeah, yeah, we weren't sure if it was going to be just a one-off. And now it's got over a hundred people going. Um, and so it's awesome to be a part of that. I went to 2016 and I knew nobody and knew nothing. I just kind of walked in, and I was like, I'm from Jacksonville, people. And Aaron Schober hugged me. He coached me. He, uh, I, I signed up for South Carolina Online. He's like, I guess you're one of my students. Come here. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was great. It was very nice to him. Aaron Schober's the goat. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> I, I was waiting. For I, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want. I thought it was going to be you. The I, I, I'm just not quick like that. Chandler, Chandler has the tempo on me. <laughs> Back to Pensacola, which it's funny. I went to text somebody earlier, and my phone corrected to F Pensacola, and I was like, ah. Okay, we get it. <laughs> we get it. We, we definitely knew we wanted. Um, a long sword event and a rapier event, and then possibly a third one if we could squeeze it in. The only problem with that was we were we were going to make kind of Sunday a, a kick back and relax on the beach kind of day, and have all of our actual tournaments on the Saturday day. So did, we were did we did like conceive of this idea on the way back from Baton Rouge, or was it? You know, it might we, have been because I know on the way back from Baton Rouge we were talking about the rapier rule set. That that's what spawned the like the we should do our own tournament. Yeah, like <laughs> blackjack and hookers. Blackjack and hookers. Yeah, It'll be per, so cool. The pursuit of the perfect rapier rule set. Yeah. Which every time oh, you Oh well, you thank have, God y'all came up with it. Tell me what it is. Well <laughs> no, it's a secret. One of our yeah. guys who was Still particularly passionate about like making the perfect rapier tournament, um the the idea is that you wanna weight deep targets. Um because that eliminates people from using their rapier like a giant saber and cutting, like doing these big sweeping cuts More to the or leg. What at bro. Which, which is what happened at Bro. Um, and uh, yeah, the idea is that uh, if, if, you, if you weight certain targets with points, that that would produce the kind of fencing you want. Uh, I don't know to what degree that would happen, but you know, his idea is like, say, um, in a match, you go to 12 points. Uh, thrusting somebody in the head or the body, which are considered deep targets, would be three points. So, and and, and any any attack or or cut to an exterior uh, target or like to the arms or legs would be one point or two points. Yeah, or I want to say like that. it started out as like let's take the two tournaments that happened at Surfo that David runs and let's kind of like combine those a little bit. Yeah, I I like I wanted to take it another step further. I say, hey, let's um let's go to twelve points. A thrust to a deep target is six points, and any and like a cut to the armor leg, it's one, which I think is psycho, and that was a little, <laughs> that, that was that was a little are, reactive of me. But are you so are, are you calculating how many passes the minimal number of passes you want a match to be? Well, is the, that, the, was I, that the mindset? Like my idea was that if um, if it's for a, a thrust to a deep target is uh, six points out of 12 possible points, then all you need are two good touches on somebody. To incentivize it. Yeah, and personally, yeah. I think that's enough to know who the better fencer is, at least at at least at rip, uh, single rapier, uh, to say. Um, but we never we never got the chance to really pressure test any of these, so I have no idea. I could be way off. That could be absolutely psycho, and it would it would skew data. But 
You want to incentivize good fencing because if you can win on a fluke during a tournament, I mean, you win on a fluke and, and that's okay. Like it, it happens, but it, you, there's something about doing good fencing and still not winning. That kind yeah. of sucks. I, so we wanted it to kind of rule set come together. Like it could be an entirely its own podcast. Like yeah. we could go on forever about this. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a rough, but also absolutely riveting discussion. I, so yeah. y'all want to be back on here again. Cool, saying. cool. <laughs> I mean, or, or are you going to come talk to Cola? David and Keith? I'm yeah, because mm, like, David and Keith have again. They've got the like the gold standard for for tournaments in the region. I'm not sure if rule sets actually change the way people fence. I think a lot. Of, I think a lot of people fence the way they fence, and that's just what they do. And especially when they come out there in that sparring match mindset, uh, that's all muscle memory. And you can yeah, tell them. But then you get these moments like at Surfo where in, in, right in the middle of the sword and buckler tournament where he's like, all right, everybody stop. <laughs> Everyone take a knee. And he's like, raise your hand if you're doing 133. Put them down. You are not. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have someone who will have the fortitude to go, you're all doing bad fencing. You can do better. Didn't he ban anything below the waist yeah, target yeah, area for the rest yeah, of, for the rest of the tournament? He said, "Stop." <laughs> anything below the waist will be a strike, and the second one will disqualify. And yeah. that's that's what we should do. We should start disqualifying people. Yeah. It's, there you go. <laughs> I want to say there's data out there that suggests there's like a paper or something that, um, uh, regardless of the rule set and regardless of the fencing it produces, the same people are going to win tournaments and. Um, obviously the people who do the better fencing get, or at least get more touches. Um, I, I think, I think the idea is that you want the person doing the kind of fencing that you'd like to see, which is ideally the, the better fencing quote unquote, uh, to win sooner if the same number of touches are achieved. Um, but at the end of the day, if you have someone who, um, say, say they're really good at cutting to somebody's arm and not getting hit. And even if that's only one point, if they do they're that, willing to do that, if they do times, that every single time and never get hit back, they're going to win. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, but, but honestly, if someone did that 12 times and the other person didn't learn, and, yeah, yeah. like well, that's and, fine. And you won, you won convincingly. Well, at what point can you even call that bad fencing? Either? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, 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 right. That's and really at the end of the day, it's a, it's a construct. It's a game. It's, you know, you don't want to take ourselves too seriously. Were y'all planning a one-day tournament or a two-day tournament or a three-day tournament or a four-day tournament? We had a, oh, we had a Friday night thing. Yeah, yeah it was, we had it was Friday like night, a Friday then, night, Saturday. Saturday was the Friday Saturday night was, was the main event. Yeah, Friday was like this cool. We had a cool idea about maybe um, doing classes Friday night. And then, no, 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 no. We had an idea about doing a a mixed weapons, but it was a basically kind of like you get five, you know, five marbles. And you can go up and challenge anybody you want to any weapon match you wanted, and then whoever won got the marble. And at the end of the day, who had it the most? You know, they had to swallow it. <laughs> no. Lucas has this great idea for a tournament. He's gonna probably be mad that I talk about this on the podcast. But uh, you have hit points. You get hit. You lose a hit point. It's sing- it's single stick gloves and mask only. Oh god! Oh god! If you drink a beer, you get a hit point back. Oh God! So you, so you only lose one hit point when you get hit. Yes, and you have to drink a whole beer 
to get to it get, back. To get that one yeah. hit point back. How many hit points do you start off with? That's a good question. I'm gonna yeah. Let's just say five. Let's just say five. It's going to be a really long day. Zelda. Yeah, that's true. Three like Zelda. It's my, it's I, I my tournament now, Lucas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and a whiskey shot is a heart container. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You get an extra, an extra heart? Oh, God. So he, he's saying... Aren't we supposed to not drink when we drink? <laughs> like, isn't You're that... supposed to. There's a lot of things we're supposed but to. But why would I not if I'm getting hit points? It's right. You know? yeah. if, like, if drinking allows me to fence longer... So he, he was Bro. saying it would either be a really long tournament or a really <laughs> short tournament. <laughs> I say we field test it with the pool noodle swords. There yeah, that's yeah. that's fair. That's fair. It, it would be just as fun. Just uh, less yeah, honestly, I think, think that'd be field test it with two socks. Two socks and masks. Yeah, if, yeah. You're, if you're doing single stick with gloves and mask only, like you're literally losing a hit point. <laughs> <laughs> how, many, how many times can you realistically expect to get hit before? I, I don't. Yeah. I've seen them. What is it? Dog fight videos? Dog brother videos? Dog brothers, yeah. Yeah. Some right. crazy stuff there. Yeah. Um, so, y'all planned a big tournament. COVID happened. You didn't throw it. When you go to throw your next tournament, what will you do different? Have you have you learned or, or. It's hard to say what would you do if you got a chance yeah. to do anything. We so, haven't learned anything from, ex- from the experience of holding the tournament yet, so that's hard to say. The hardest part really is uh, timing with uh, getting everything straightened out with the university. When is the gym available? Uh, because the, the club, if the club sponsors a tournament, we have access to the university's facilities. We yeah, don't we have to. Dorms. Like, yeah, that was yeah. going to be one of our big draws was you can stay on campus. You don't have to worry about getting an Airbnb or a hotel. You can just go right to the dorms and you're right there, right in that. We don't have to pay some huge overhead to rent a facility. We have one. Um like it, it's all ready for us. We just, it's difficult to plan something for necessarily even know who's going to be on the staff. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of graduate assistants and, and things like that who help run the show and a lot of the day-to-day operations. And the fact that it's the summer makes it a little bit weirder. The thing is not interfering with any other major events that people want to travel to. Um, and like you said, we have no overhead. So, we, I mean, yeah, we can use some of this money to put back into the club, but we also want to be able to draw people. So, how do we want to be able to use this money? Do we want to be like, hey, sign up and get a free T-shirt, you know, a free Pensacola T-shirt, or uh, maybe we do an after party that's like it's covered by the cost of the event. Like we have a, a, a fairly sizable amount of profit to put back into the event and put back into the club. And it was like, I'm gonna name it after the town of Pensacola. Like, what do we do that makes it specifically Pensacola? And what what surfo goes south? Yeah, like what you wanted to call it. Oh, what was it? It was Do Socks on the Beach. Do Socks on the Beach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cause Sex on the Beach. Yeah. Oh. There's a name for that kind of. Term. It's a, uh, the SCA folks call uh, it William Marshall. William yeah. Marshall. Because you get you get five tokens of some kind that you know. This is how many fights you have, and then you can basically wager, wager them like so. I, I you know. You and I are going to do a, a deuce sack bout, and then I'm going to put up one marble for the winner, and you put up one marble, and then whoever wins gets both. And so you start, like, accumulating tokens until at the end of the day, you know, you might have, you know, 30-something tokens, and then you're like, oh, man, I won. But then that other, that other person comes in and goes, oh. Just um, in the context uh, of a HEMA tournament, too, it's really cool. It's, like, kind of a 
Friday night kind of thing. Yeah, it's supposed to be really informal too. Yeah, yeah, it's What's informal. Be... You you get to walk around, have a bout with whoever wants, not like a tourney bracket kind of situation, and uh, <laughs> and you get the potential of uh, mixed weapons, which is fun. You get to use what you want to get some in. Yeah, all you have to do is find someone who's willing to find someone who's willing to do that. We're out of out. I think Ben has a scotch up there. I just didn't. I didn't see it on the table. He makes oh, me. me. Yeah. Oh, I have to try that. See what y'all are missing? Come to rest, people. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I had. Is there anything y'all want to talk about? Absolutely. Um, so this is your first rasp. I was very overwhelmed the first morning because I do German longsword. Rapier. They're talking about a lot of stuff I don't know. But once I got past that, all the teaching stuff's been amazing. Um. Yeah. The, and I and I'm What's not. What's been your favorite part? Saber. I I had never done saber before until this weekend, and I am loving it. So. Well, we were sitting around and Puck was like, "Hey, did we do anything or not do anything that you guys think uh, we could have done better?" And I, I noted the skipping like various like the skipping the saber guards and skipping some terminology. Um, they they actively I think it's for teaching mm-hmm. and. They assume you want to teach with it, and I, I wasn't, but I really think I'm an outlier. I think I'm probably the only person yeah. here in this situation. I, I wouldn't say they I don't assume, think you are. but I think this year was that was that year that they were like, okay, we know we already know a lot of people that are coming, so yeah. they so they decided to to try to. And there it up there a is a, uh, there is an online component that that is supposed to help. I don't know if you knew about that no, part. I didn't. Okay. Oh, that, yeah, that's kind of in development. That, yeah. that was really cool that we got those emails and we signed up for Canvas first. So there, there is some supplementary material series. that you can get access to beforehand. And, and have you have you gotten back to the library and, and checked stuff out yet? I I looked at yeah I went th- I took a I took photos of the table so I can go back in and look over everything later. We were a bunch of nerds and we all brought books to the sword fighting conference. I read so slow. Like if I sit back there and read all night, I might read like a chapter of one book. So same. Yeah, I'm. I'm it was. I was like, where do I start? You know, like, uh, it helps that they have pictures. Yeah. <laughs> you start with all the books that are out of print and are like three hundred dollars to get as collectible items now. There so. you go. Yeah. Also, saber is kind of fun because whenever you're getting it right. You feel so cool. You're just doing some like little drill, and you're like, "Oh, awesome! I'm swashbuckler. I am the best saber fire because I can nail this drill." And then uh, when you get it wrong, um, you're playing that game Quop. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, use the Q W O P. Yeah, you yeah. just yeah, like how do I move my body? Yeah, I experienced that almost every time we rotated. Like we would start something, and it's like, why? Why does this feel weird? Yeah, it, it was it was rough. But it, it was like fun. I would I would get to where I was doing the drill right, and then we'd switch partners. And I'm like, okay, let's do it again, new journey. But uh, I did at the end of every drill I did, I felt like a superhero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I I really like saber. It was like Dusak, but it wasn't as heavy. <laughs> it's like my arm isn't dead already. This is great. <laughs> yeah, I think last year. Uh, when I came to RASP, I elected to use the uh, the heavier saber, not the the Olympic saber. And boy, was I tired! It was. Oh. I'm using the uh, 
Castile economy, and uh, it just has a single bar for, for oh, finger yeah, guards. Yeah. So, like, you really have to put your hand in the right position. Yeah. Or you, your fingers it's will get training. tapped. Yeah, it's yeah, great training. It's and they used it. They uh, they when they're showing stuff, they would keep stealing it because you can actually see what your fingers are doing. There's not a big pup in the way. Yeah, yeah. that's sweet. So we want to ask them when are you guys come to Pensacola. We, we owe them. We owe them like uh, three trips. Five. <laughs> Every one of our seminars, yeah. and we're like five hours. What's I mean, we have to go five hours to get anywhere from the SCA. So like we're like, oh, so that five hours. Us, that's it's nothing. a day trip. But that makes us assholes for not going to Bold City. Well, Fair. We got to go to Bold City. We have we have one big pandemic-sized excuse, which helps. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah, but, I mean, it's, it's not nice, but it it's is, very convenient. It, it's an excuse. <laughs> it makes me look like I'm. I am not an asshole because I'm not exposing you to whatever public school germs I've picked up. Definitely appreciate. It. I mean, you yeah. are right now, but <laughs> <laughs> it's summer break. <laughs> True. Well, so yeah, what was your favorite part of that? Oh, I, man, uh, my I feel so much more overwhelmed this time than I did last year. Um, some of that's yeah, you. You can't. You, this yeah, you is your second one. Yeah. What's different this year than... Um, I, so, I think some of it's my own goals, because last year I was just like, I don't know what's happening. This is cool. And Lucas is here. Um, and that's a good time. And, I mean, Matt's here, too. Love Matt. No, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, I, I came in this time with kind of the goals of, like, okay, I'm going to emphasize the student side a little bit more, because I want to get more granular on my rapier game. And then I also wanted a bit more of, like, a, a top-down view of the uh the the teaching structure so like I've, I've been trying to observe like these are the uh the the direct drill progression as well as just drill breakdowns and all of that because i've been trying to kind of expand uh more or less my my strategies the strategies available to me when i i help uh teach at math school well you've really leaned into teaching this year like you're you're even classes you're not the teacher you're teaching and you've took on I-33. Well, starting. Starting to. But, I mean, like, uh, it, it's felt like... Uh, like you just got her attention. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, 133 is my favorite. Meanwhile, it's, I'm disappointed it wasn't Bolognese. Oh. <laughs> it's really cool because uh, he'll say something. I'm like, what? He, then he'll say the Meyer term. I'm like, oh, okay. The, the school core language thing has been been really helpful um but yeah i don't know to 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 a degree i felt like it's number one it it was necessary because our attendance dropped so sharply and like i don't know how you maintain the schedule that you do but like i need to plug any any holes was kind of how it how it felt um but then also like i feel like that should be an expectation of students who stick around for a while is like oh you know this so you should be able to convey it like be part of the replication process um and like make other people better than you so that you have to keep getting better. Like that's, that's a dream, right? That's yeah. is that idea not fundamental to the Sonoma school is replicating it, good fencers and, and carrying on the tradition. Yeah. At the very least, it's nice to give your instructors a chance to like take a break. There's oh, maybe, yeah, maybe take yeah. a class or two. Yeah. There's plugging the holes. Yeah. Yeah, because that's one of the trade-offs that we talk about a lot with instructing is, like, having to break things down does mean that uh, you deepen your knowledge of the material, and it might help you when you're solo drilling later, but then you're also ultimately not working on yourself, quote-unquote. And so, like, um, you know, if, if I can 
give Matt the space to take a class and be a student again. I feel like considering he's put up with me for three years, that's that's a mm-hmm. gift I'm willing to give as many times as possible. So outside of the, uh, the maestri that are here, uh, who is your favorite that you've gotten to work with? I am repeatedly starstruck by Maestro Putt Curtis because I watch uh, Rob Rutherford's Free Scholar Prize Play on repeat, and mm-hmm. I, I just adore his matches. And um, that, that one of the things that... Uh, there's a number of things that drew me to 133, uh, some of it being my Filipino background, but also some of it being David Rawlings looking fabulous and his position that uh, the system is a circular one. Um, I just, I get addicted to watching Puck's distrays of footwork for the exact same reason. So it's, it's a th- they're, they're all amazing though. So Matt, same question. Uh, Tony, whose last name I cannot pronounce? Oh, Provost uh, uh, Tony Braha. Yeah, I he, it, Personality-wise, I link up with him the most. Like, uh, he'll forget stuff and say fuck a lot. And I'm like, that's my guy. <laughs> that's my guy right there. Yeah. So, yeah, I actually I signed up for a private with him tomorrow. Oh, I, nice. I, I want him to teach me how to grapple at the sword. We'll see how that he goes. Will. He yeah. will. He will. I took, I, I took a side sword lesson with him the other day thinking I was going to get more side sword, but I got more grappling. Yeah. It, it was really cool. A lot of grappling. It's just, you're going to have a good time. I He was watching one of my I, – I, I did a Dusek match out there that I did not do well at. But I guarded somebody and put my pummel in their face, and I heard him yell, yeah! I'm like, I'm I was like, it made me feel – I went all warm and fuzzy. It made me happy. I think the last blues run was getting bleak. This podcast is going to be three hours long. That's yes, right. I'm, I'm okay with that. No one will edit all the dead air out. And they'll, like, how they'll often fix do we... it in post. This is just going to yeah, be another on. day. Yeah, no yet. one. Fix it in post. Yeah, no <laughs> one. Post yourself, buddy. <laughs> have, I, have I met no one? I, I don't believe bad. so. I feel bad. He, he started late 2019, so I don't think so. But he's so been at like every rapier class since then. Who does the voice introduction for you guys? That's no one. That is no one. What a great, like, podcast just a great introduction voice it's just so crisp and nice was there, there's there are like, many nice things about no one like his just, thighs are the main one yeah. the size of my head like uh, not even exaggerating he was on the road team in college and I, well i'm not even joking sounds like there's a lot to like about this guy. Yeah. yeah thank you no one yeah thank and you no one. have yet to meet i know we were just saying like we were just talking shit about you, Nolan, but... but get to work. But we love you. <laughs> we love you, Nolan. Should have come to RASP, Nolan. Who was the yeah, guest Nolan. lecturer that, that was saying, like, no, don't say you'll fix it in post. Like, was, was, it, was it Kirby doing stage combat stuff, or was it somebody else? They're like, oh, yeah, they hate it when you say that. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that was. <laughs> oh, that was, a, that was a fun thing I did last summer, um, going so crazy in, in the quarantine. Uh, I went ahead and took the online class to Sonoma, and uh, Maestro Sullins had uh, Maestro Jared Kirby uh, come on and talk about uh, his experience as a fight director and, and choreographer, and that was a lot of fun, um, and it informed my choreography that we do um, as our, our job at, at the hotel on the beach. That's awesome. That's an entirely different podcast. Yeah, right there. yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> We can uh, we can definitely do that when when y'all come to visit us yeah. or or at Pensacola or right. Pensacola because y'all won't be busy at Pensacola. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't be running a tournament. We won't have 
Me and Chandler oh, like worrying about how to how to be a pit boss or anything. That's, that's gonna be the challenge. Oh, that's yeah. yeah. We all get, we all want to we all have to work at it to some degree, but there's also gonna be like all right, something's you know at least most of the like whoever's not me is gonna want to play a little bit. I know yeah. I'm not gonna have a chance to play just just mm-hmm. from watching uh, David and Keith run it. Like they don't they don't get, get to, get play. to yeah. play. And when they, they do, they knock your teeth out. Um, one other kind of challenge question I had, um, in regards to y'all student populace, like we, we've run into, I don't want to call it an issue because it's just life, but like we, we've had a number of students, um, who are just at, you know, end of high school and they go off to college and that sort of a thing. And it's, or they're at the end of college and they go off to the real world, please. Well, uh, there's certainly that, um. Uh, unfortunately, they haven't heard anybody say Pensacola, but um, but, but I guess they're already in Florida and they just want to get out. But uh, yeah, which is fair enough. Yeah. Um, but like, what is it like having most of your like the core of your your uh, yeah. populace rotate every four yeah, years? Yeah, that's terrifying. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's sad because like you make really good friends, and luckily we are, like like Nick, he he got a job and is just an hour away from us, so we get to see him all the time. Yeah, so I haven't experienced – only recently have I started to experience the idea of, of people rotating out because I'm the first guy that rotated out, and I'm still here. Mm. And just this year, we had the majority of our students graduate and, like – After a year that we couldn't recruit because of yeah, COVID. Yeah, oh, right? So so right now, like, the the, the club is, is thin aside from the guests. That, like, so we have a large population of, of, of guests – that come to the club, but we've got like three or four. We students. have like yeah, between three generously and three and four students that are actually enrolled at UWF. So for me, um, being a, a previous officer of the club and and poured you know three or four years of work into that, uh, it's it's very alarming because like it's it's so scary like you know it's it's not my it's it's Brad's baby but I, f- I feel like it's my baby too. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I know for like for Randy and I like we're the ones who stay. Like, we, we see, like, time pass, mountains rise and crumble, and, like, <laughs> we understand it. We don't get to keep them forever. I remember um, whenever, because Brad and I were members at the club, and then left, and then we were approached later to help run the club, and I remember these, the leadership was all women, which is pretty cool. I remember these three gals came, and were sitting at my dining room table talking to me about the fencing club and the role they wanted us to play in it. And when those three girls graduated, I, I was really scared. Um, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen with the club. Who's this? Who's this new kid they want to take over? I just is he even serious? Um, <laughs> and then that ended up being Nick, who was just blew me away with his leadership, and and now he's my best friend, and he's absolutely not serious. Um, um, I will say it's sad when. Uh, so one of the things I, I I personally try to do is when I know they're moving, I try to make sure like. Like I will, mm-hmm. I will help you. I will like do everything I can to make sure you keep fencing. Like, where are you moving? And then I'll find in your SCA group or HEMA group, and I'll be like, hey, th- my student is coming up there. Get them to come out and fence because I want them to. Like, Throw them in a group they chat. They love doing they it. To keep fencing. Yeah, I'll drop them in the group chat and be like, bye. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so, it really, makes me sad when, um, like, especially one of our one of our students, Nikita, was really talented. 
Put him on uh, blast on the podcast, bro. Totally. Yeah, Nikita, if you hear this, like, you son of a bitch, go back and fence. <laughs> <laughs> You're too good. Um, he, uh, he moved down to the Orlando area, and I know so many fencers, especially SCA folks, that are, would, would love to go out and fence. And then um, I, like, I, I put them all in a group chat, I'm like, hey, drag him out of his house by his feet if you have to, and put a sword in his hand and make him fence because. He needs to continue defense. He was good at it. He loved doing it. Why aren't you? Why aren't you still doing he it? He loved pissing people off. He had many Find him. No, he loved pissing people off through fencing. <laughs> it was it was it was great and terrible. Love that um, guy. Also fucking hate him. But then I also <laughs> love it when I know that like I set them up somewhere um, like uh, like like Cynthia. Like hey, she's going to Colorado. Like hey. And then I heard, you know, a couple months later, like, "Hey, how you doing?" It's like, "Hey, I went to the, I went to this SCA event and I was fencing." And you know, awesome. So I know oh, Cynthia's still fencing. Or last how long ago, talked to her. Yeah. Like oh, okay. I, I haven't dropped been, her line. It's in a been while. a hot minute. Okay. Um, but yeah, like I want, you know, when when they leave here, I want to make sure they keep they keep at it, especially if it's something they love. Um, and yeah. then every once in a while we get lucky and we get to keep people. Like I know we have Chandler for a while and, and we've got Nick for a while. And, yeah, the, the the fact that I was able to get a job only an hour away, which is basically, you know, the area I was born in that hospital, and now I I work on that base, um, where you know my dad worked for twenty years, uh, so so I, I'm home, you know, the the drive to Pensacola is something I I do all the time. And I did a lot for while I was still in school. Mm-hmm. And then, flexes you know, on all of us. <laughs> God, yeah. yeah. Every every time I show up to practice and people are like, oh, I don't want to practice. I'm like, that's too bad. You're practicing because I'm here. Like, I drove an hour to get here and I'm going to drive an hour to get home and be tired as fuck when I get there. And you're already going to be asleep. You say people, Nick. You can go ahead and say it's me. Nick gets me out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> you got to uh, drive about that long to get anywhere in Jacksonville either way. So. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Like that talk, uh, my show Stalin's has like, he's grumpy and he drops his to the ground and he fences like, oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, I I got lucky to to land that job and and be only an hour away from you know what has become the love of my life. Like, I didn't know I was going to get into fencing when I got to college, but you know, I'm going to be doing this as long as I can. Your mom's <laughs> Don't say that. Put mom on blast in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we didn't need we didn't need to do that. Sorry, I've had, I've had a little bit of drink. <laughs> you're you're not wrong, but that's still my mom. Oh. Yeah, so, now, now you get to be a grouchy alumnus slash assistant instructor. Yeah. Yeah, like I I just graduated this past year, and it's already like. Well, now if I show up, it's like now I'm the guy. Now I'm now I'm the, the the guy who's stuck around. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you're also the guy that everybody absolutely has to fence. Everyone, yeah, everyone so, needs to. So I I know this because you know you're that guy too, I'm, right? <laughs> I'm that I'm that guy that I had to fence Brad. Like I had to fence Brad and Randy to have like a complete practice. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm I'm one of those people that's that's still around that. You're you're that guy to some people now. Yeah, I'm that guy to some people, which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're joining with us is uh, Maestro Kevin Murphy. Yeah, welcome to Sword and Stereo. Podcast. Yeah. Yeah, podcast. 
Thank God it's not live. It's absolutely crazy to think that I'm that guy to some of those people. And I know Chandler's told me before that for a while I was that guy to him. And that meant a lot to me. Yeah, because, like, when I, well, when I joined, you were still president. And so you were still at that point where I was I, I was identifying with you. And I got to watch you, like, I don't know, you graduated, but you stuck around. So it was this weird thing where you were acting as, like, a role model for me, but also I could identify with you. So when you started finding success, it was success that I could I could identify with and envision myself becoming. And ideally, that's as a club, especially um, especially as a club where we're constantly getting getting new students to the university. You want those relationships to be happening, and yeah, and those connections. To be happening. And, <laughs> uh, if I may, I mean, like your whole club is kind of somewhat that to us, like, um, you know, rape, rape tradition or whatever, like they're just, you know, Pensacola, man, like bunch of, bunch of solid badasses. Like it's, they it's like, there's a part of me where it's like, it's crazy that we to even imagine that we have a reputation outside of our club, but there's also like the not so humble part like of me. That's like, yeah, we have the absolute best rape reperculum in the Southeast. Come get some surfo. <laughs> it's like I don't know Decatur School of Arms. I'm never, pretty, I'm never it's pretty yeah. like established. I'm never in the middle of those though. Like you know, it's yeah. it's always one or the other. It just depends on when you catch me and what time of year it is. But yeah. On the yeah. on the flip side of that, we we show up at we show up at a tournament. We see oh, Bold City's going to be there. I say yeah, go go hang out with them. They're going to be cool people. Yeah, that's yeah, that's our reputation. We can't fence with this shit, but we'll drink with you. <laughs> So I think we closed this place down. I think oh, everyone's gone, did we? Okay. Oh, okay. Um, Master Jobs is still awake and talking to somebody. We did it again. Not we are, we not, have been going for an hour. Of sleep. I think he goes into his elf trance, and, but he's just going through fencing actions instead of actually. <laughs> that's, that's, piano that's, right enough, <laughs> that's enough to sustain him. It's not good piano. Yeah, I bet with Mighty Dogs it is. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of impressions, he's super chill. Like, yeah, a really chill yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked watching him teach when he was doing the random actions. Um, his style was was it was it was something I could relate to. It was very precise, but it was also very laid back. I, I it didn't seem like as high pressure, but it also seemed like, man, I really want to do what this guy's teaching me. His calmness like throws you off at first, and maybe it could just be because he's from. Uh, from Milwaukee, but it's like a little serial killery at first. But then wow. you're like, but then you. This is this is out there. But, <laughs> then, he me- but then he mellows out, and you're like, this guy. He mellows out yeah. more. <laughs> no, well, it's like I I should say he like you know, it's like it's like talking with any person. They they warm up to you, and it's like mm-hmm. okay, this is just this guy's energy level. I'm. I'm the weirdo. <laughs> I'm the weirdo for assuming that this I'm guy the, was weird. I'm the weirdo for making assumptions about people who You're live in weird. the north. <laughs> for those of you playing the home game, Milwaukee is known for beer and Jeffrey Dahmer. They that's just want to be a that, that, That's why you made so, that comment. Okay. <laughs> I guess we'll land this plane. We're hitting an hour. All right. Does someone else wish? 
There's nothing in that. Come try. <laughs> he was, he's in it for the sound effects. Don't. No, no. Just kidding. One more drop. There you oh, go. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're milking a bottle of whiskey, literally. Someone didn't go on a store run. Excuse me? <laughs> I, I fenced until I couldn't hold a sword and then showered and immediately started drinking. Like, what I mean, What I more do you guys, want from me? Okay, you drive we, should, we should wrap this up for no one's sake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> poor Nolan. Oh, poor oh, Nolan. This is Chandler speaking. Um, if, if, if it's not too much trouble, every time Nick speaks, could you auto tune his voice? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. oh, okay. shit. You can you just edit it out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just complete the silence. <laughs> On that note, uh, balls, balls, balls. Balls, balls, balls. <laughs> gang, gang. This episode of Swords and Stereo was produced by Final Plank Media Productions. Theme song for Swords and Stereo is Thunderer by Professor Agma. Check him out too. To find out more about Bold City Longsword, visit their website at jacksonvillehema.com. To find more Final Plank Media produced podcasts, visit finalplank.com or visit us at Final Plank on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.